0: Rhett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So last year, I had image consultant Frances Cole jones on the podcast to discuss her book, How to Wow, Proven Strategies to Sell Your Brilliant Self. And at the end of that episode, Frances invited Awin podcast listeners to ask her questions via her website about anything pertaining to personal presentation and social skills like job interviews, small talk, public speaking, and so on. And boy, did you guys respond. Frances and I figured if one of you guys had a certain question, there are probably hundreds more who have the same one. So we've created this quarterly series on the podcast called Ask Francis, where Francis will answer some of the questions you've all submitted to her on our website. In today's edition, Francis provides tips on what to do if you lose your train of thought while speaking. It's happened to me several times. How to avoid coming across like a know-it-all. How to handle a braggart at the office. An extremely timely topic with the presidential election less than a month away. How to discuss politics with someone with differing political views tactfully and respectfully. Answers to those dilemmas and more coming up. Be sure to check the show notes out at aom.is. Slash FCJ2. Again, it's AOM.is slash FCJ2 for links to resources where you can delve deeper into this topic. Francis Cole Jones, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So for those of you who aren't familiar with Frances, uh, she is a media and image consultant where she coaches high-profile individuals about how to put their best foot forward, foot forward for job uh, job interviews, sales pitches, media appearances, etc. She's also the author of a book called How to Wow. And we had her on the podcast about it's been about a year ago now, coming up on to talk about her book and her work. And um, at the end of that show, she invited Art of Manliness podcast listeners to submit questions they had about personal presentation. It could be anything from how to prepare for a job interview, small talk, dealing with office politics, et cetera. And she was inundated with questions from you all. And so what we decided to do, um, we bring her back on the show about once a quarter to answer some of these questions that uh, you all have asked her. Because I figure if one person has that question, there's probably, you know, seven dozen others who have that question as as well. Um, So Frances has sent me a list of some of the questions she's asked. And I think, I feel like, Francis. would you agree like the topic, the main big topic of this is dealing with sort of social awkwardness that can come up when you're dealing with small talk and then also office politics?
1: Yes. I mean, it's, it's funny because these are these seemingly innocuous situations, but as I certainly know from my own experience, you know, you're just kind of chatting and the next thing you know, the whole thing goes south. Um, so, (laughs) so, and then there are also these moments where people find themselves in that situation. And for whatever reason, they're so upset that they lose their train of thought. And, and then they, you know, you leave and you just berate yourself because you say, I can't, you know, I wish I'd said this or I can't believe, you know, I I could have done that. So it's just about hopefully trying to keep a cool head in the moment. Okay,
0: that sounds great. All right, well, let's get to some of these questions. You mentioned it just now. One of the question was... You're having a conversation with somebody. You get flustered for whatever reason. Maybe you're upset, or maybe you just you, you, you're having a hard time, you know, figuring out what you're going to say, and your thoughts get all jumbled, and you lose your train of thought. I think we've all had that moment where we we're talking in the middle, we're just like, uh, I just forgot what I was going to say, and that can be really embarrassing for folks. So, what can people do uh, when they lose their train of thought in the middle of a conversation?
1: Well, they're they're kind of two ways to approach it one is is if you know you're going to be in a situation or you're going to be meeting up with somebody who tends to fluster you um just to kind of hopefully think that through ahead of time a little bit and that looks like thinking through one of the hardest things in the world is to field a softball question so like how was your summer Really, my entire summer. Um, so I want in. Anytime you get a big fat softball like that, or what do you think we should do in this situation? Pick one very specific thing. So if you do get a softball like, how was your summer? My favorite thing I did was X. Bam, and then great conversation rolling. You know, if you're in an office situation, someone says, "What should we do about?" It? Well, one thing we could do immediately is blah blah so just that's just a handy tip for any kind of a big fat softball that people throw at you the other thing I want you to do is again if you're meeting if you're thinking about a someone who tends to make you tense think about what are the worst three things that you can imagine this person saying to you because a lot of times you know we'll just be like well I hope that doesn't come up hope isn't really a strategy so think through those those few answers Um, So that's prepping it ahead of time. If you're in an impromptu moment and your mind goes blank, what I want you to do is to say, I'd like to think about that for a second because I want to give you the best answer possible. I can't think of anybody in this world who says, "Ugh." Can you believe that guy that wanted to give me the best answer possible? You know, so it just, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And, the, you know, whomever you're speaking with this plea is that you're actually giving it that level of consideration. The other thing you can do is if you begin to answer and you get stuck, you want to fill people in on what's happening. But the important piece of that is you want to do it without apologizing. So instead of saying, like, I'm so sorry, I just lost my train of thought, blah, blah, which requires that person to now feel badly for you and to somehow jump in. What you want to say is, you know what, I need to gather my thoughts. I'm, you know, I'm going to thank you for your patience while I do this, or I'm going to ask you for your patience while I gather my thoughts, because there's that moment when you make that very specific request that people are like, oh, okay. I want to be that person for you. I want to be that patient person. So those are just some things that you can that you can have in your toolbox, your conversational toolbox. I like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I mean, also, I think the, the thing is like, don't make. Yeah, like, I think all these things don't make a big deal about it because I like, think the bigger deal you make about it, it becomes a bigger deal than it really is.
1: Right. And the other thing is, is don't pretend it's not happening. Because a lot of what times what happens is people keep talking while they're trying to figure out what they are saying, and then you can either just go down some wacky rabbit hole that you end up having to clean up, or I mean, it just things things usually end poorly. So right. just stop, fill people in on what's occurring, ask for their patience, and then move along briskly. Okay.
0: <laughs> Great advice. So, I mean, similar to that, someone asks, how do you recover from tripping over your words? Um, and this happens if you're giving a presentation or you're just doing small talk or you're in a job interview, you're really nervous, you start speaking really fast and you just, blah, barf things out. Um, how do you recover from that?
1: I mean, what again, what you can do, uh, try not to apologize. So, you know, you could say like, hang on a second. I've gotten myself into a verbal tangle. Um, I'm going to start again so I can be sure to give you the best answer possible. So just really alerting people to what's occurring for you. The other thing that can be nice also if you if you know that you're going into a situation with your boss or very often people also have trouble talking to their doctors, things like that, any authority figure, I, I recommend bringing a pen and paper Because as old school as it seems, just to say to somebody, you know what, I know this conversation is important, so I want to take notes. It slows everything down, again, so that you don't end up getting into those kind of weird verbal cul-de-sacs. But it also makes the person that you're talking to feel really important. You know, people love it when you write down what they say. So that's another tool um, that can be very, very useful.
0: All right. Slows things down. I think you mentioned that in our last the time we had you on, uh, write, to take, you're writing notes, like have a pen and paper out when you're having an important conversation because it not only slows, things, the con- slows the conversation down, but it also gives you a record. Like if you're talking to a boss and he asks you for something, right? And then three weeks later, he asks for something completely different. You can say, well, I have here.
1: Right. I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> Which spares you the discomfort of saying, "Well, you said it's no." I'm looking at my notes.
0: <laughs> right. So okay. Well, that's great stuff. So good advice there on how to um, recover from losing your train of thought or recovering from tripping over your words. Just slow things down, and uh, great stuff. So let's go over to this one. This is this someone asked. Um, this can come up if I think in work a lot, even your personal life, where. You know a lot about a topic and you're eager to share all that you know about that topic, but you don't want to come across like a know-it-all. So how do you avoid
1: that? Right. Um, You know, I think that there are a few ways that you can front load what you're about to say. So before you launch into it, you can say something like, I'm guessing most of you know this, or I'm sure, you know, most of you are thinking the same thing. Or I'm probably, you know, not the only one in the room with this idea. Um, Because what that does is that allows the people that you're talking to 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 say to themselves, I guess I did know that. Or, you know, I guess I was thinking the same thing. Um, And so that's just a way to front load. If you're about to bust into the conversation with kind of knowing everything, the other thing that you can do is, is if as you pause, um, as you're moving through it, rather than saying, you know, does this make sense, which can land for people uh, as if you think they're not quite as clever as you are, you could say, am I making sense? And that takes the onus for clarity on you. So rather than inferring they're stupid, you've now said it's possible that I'm not being clear. So am I making sense is a great um, way to check in with people halfway through. You know, you can also say, you know, does anybody have any questions so far? So just that, that kind of checking in and allowing people to interject if they need to. Um, The other thing I just want you to be aware of is that when you do pause this way, am I making sense, any questions so far, you actually want to not just do it in a uh, kind of token way. You really need to pause and give people the opportunity to ask any questions because sometimes it takes people, um, you know, a second or two to get the courage to, to pipe up. So, yes. All right. So, I mean,
0: and also, I mean, are there moments where you should just like hold back or should you go ahead and say what you know? Because, you know, while some people might know what you're talking about, Uh there might be others who don't. Um, I mean, are there moments where you should just hold back and say, I'm going to bite my tongue here and just not reveal what I know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you find that every single time you know the a question is asked, you know, you, you're the one, you know, with your metaphorical hand in the air, um, then yeah, then it's time to let other people have their moment in the sun. Uh, the other thing you can do though is if if you do if somebody does pipe up with an idea, um, and for whatever reason, you know, again because you know it, you do know it all, um, but <laughs> for whatever reason you want to uh, you, you, you think it's not a hundred percent complete, what you can do with that is to say, you know, if I could add to what Jim just said, because what that does is it validates that Jim's contribution had, you know, was meaningful. Um, and then it allows you to, you know, to include what it was that you really needed people to know. So
0: great advice there. That's awesome. Um, so kind of related to this topic of not coming off as a know-it-all is the, uh, when the shoe's on the other foot, say you're talking to someone and they're just coming off as a know-it-all, or they're bragging about what they're doing, or they're doing the humble brag, right? Well, <laughs> they're not exactly, you know, explicitly bragging, but they're, they're, they're bragging a little bit. Um, how do you handle individuals like that?
1: Well, in these moments, you know, if you have somebody who's consistently bragging, I always go back to uh, something that my brother, um, <laughs> my brother always says, which is, you know, tell me your pretensions, and I'll tell you your insecurities. Um, so <laughs> I always tend to look at what people are being braggy about, and say to myself, "Wow, that's something that they actually feel." you know, very, very insecure about. Um, Otherwise, they wouldn't be braggy. Uh, Because the the thing to remember is that if people are being that way, you know, if you really are deeply, deeply cool, you don't need to to remind people about it. Right. So someone who's bragging is having an attack of insecurity, um, which is, you know, hopefully a more compassionate way to approach the conversation. Uh, And then, you know, so with that in mind... You know, what you can do is 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 validate them. you know, validate they're they're requesting validation. They want to know that you think that they're fantastic. So although it can be hard if you make a conscious decision about it. It can also be a little bit fun. Uh, I mean, so, you know, if, for example, you have somebody who's going on and on, well, I went to this very exclusive restaurant where nobody can get a reservation. And then after I was there, I sent back my wine because, you know, this whole kind of blah, 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 rather than, you know, shutting them off or um, you know, talking about an experience that you had, you could say, yeah, you know, it really, it sounds like, you know, a lot about wine, you know, where did you learn that? How did you come to know so much? And they're going to be so excited about this, you know. And, you know, yes, you're probably going to have to do 20 minutes on how they learn so much about wine. But I think what this does is that as people get, you know, more comfortable that you believe their backstory and that you accept them, the bragging will hopefully fall away a little bit. Um, so yes, if you can stay in, wow, that's really impressive. Where did you learn so much or wow. And then what happened? You know, just, just, I think it's nice to let braggarts talk until they run out of steam.
0: Wedding season is coming up. And if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made to measure suit. A lot of fun, and then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? So if you want to try Fast Growing Trees, right now they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code MANLINESS at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code MANLINESS at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code MANLINESS, offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right. That's great. So (laughs) That's great advice. you, You have to play the long game yeah I think you this- do,
1: and just realize that it it comes usually from insecurity rather than anything else,
0: okay, well, speaking of insecurity, one other question that someone asked is how do you feel when you, what do you do when you feel like you're outclassed? I can see this happening for, this can happen in a whole wide variety of situations. Maybe you're with friends or associates who, you know, are, have more money than you, or you're, you know, new at a job, you're the low man on the totem pole and everyone has lots of experience over you. And they just, they're not even probably intentionally trying to make you feel dumb, but like, they make you feel dumb
1: <laughs>
0: um, so what do you do when you feel out outclassed?
1: Um I think that you know there's there's people who are are who cause you to feel outclassed unintentionally and intentionally, so again, it's looking at what's what's behind it. Sometimes people are just talking, and you know about their fabulous summer or their this or the that and you can be like wow i my summer doesn't sound quite so interesting um in those moments you know if their intention is just they're just chatting away again ask them some open-ended questions there's no way that people will not find you charming if I get you come back to, you know, tell me more about that or where did you learn that or that, you know, that sounds like it was extraordinary. You know, is it something that I might want to look into, that type of thing? Um, if, you know, if you're feeling outclassed by people who love to kind of use, you know, the t- big ten cent words um, to let you know how very smart they are, that's, again, just something you need to let roll off of you um, in a way. And embrace, you know, what you're bringing to the party. It can be hard to do, um, but authenticity is actually, and simplicity are actually incredibly compelling. Um, And if you doubt me, look at someone like, you know, Clint Eastwood, who doesn't say anything and is without a doubt the coolest in any situation. Or uh, I always go back to the John Wayne quote, which is, you know, talk low, talk slow, and don't say too much. Um, So those are nice. If, you know, just in terms of really practical stuff, if you are going into a social situation where you worried you're going to feel like you don't know what to do with the fork or the handshake or how to greet somebody, you know, do the research. Um, And as kooky as it sounds, you know, there's a book called Tiffany's Table Manners for Teenagers. So it's a Really, you know, down and dirty how-to primer on how to get through almost any social situation, um, and and that can be you know very very useful. Um, so, those are the the types of ways that I would approach that kind of thing.
0: All right, so let's talk about this. I'm sure everyone's experienced experiences that they work at an office. There's that one guy or one gal who. No matter if they just, anytime they swing by or walk by your desk, you're in the middle of a report, you're in the zone and they want to stop and just talk about the game or what they did this weekend. They just go on and on and on. And, you know, 30 minutes later, (laughs) you haven't made any progress. (laughs) Um, So how do you, what do you do with the the office chatterbox? I mean, you want them to go away because you want to get to work at the same time. You don't want to be rude about it. Uh, So what's the best approach there?
1: So in these moments, you need to be frank and kind at the same time. So uh, this could sound something like, first, you just need to be very clear. So I wanted to talk to you about a situation that's occurring for me in the office. You know, I noticed that you love to chat about a lot of stuff. And that is so great for office camaraderie. And I know that we all depend on you. Um, to to keep us all in the loop about so many things, and you know, it's a great way to find out about people's weekends and birthdays and kids and things like that. The downside of this for me is that I find myself distracted from the work that I need to get done. Um, and then you need to give people the because because you know I know that office productivity is super important to everybody. You know, I'm, may I make a request? If I'm finding the chatting distracting, would it be okay if I alerted you about it? So what this does is that you begin with a compliment. You begin with what's working. I love what you're doing. This is what works about being the chatterbox. This is how it contributes to our you know, our well-being, the well-being of everybody.
0: You probably don't want to call them a chatterbox.
1: Right, no. <laughs> 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 this is why this, it's so great
0: you're a chatterbox, Linda. <laughs> but
1: this is what's... So great about the chatting that you do, because it really does keep us all in the loop and and it is so important for office camaraderie. So this is the what's working, um, you know, theory that I, I believe I've spoken about before, but it comes from, you know, the Apollo 13 movie, which is when they first called down from the spacecraft. And the very first question that Ed Harris asked is what's working. So let's start with what I like about what you're doing. I love that you're contributing to office camaraderie. And then the next part of that is you aren't saying that she is distracting or he is distracting to you. All that you're saying is that you are distracted. Uh, so again, taking the onus for being unable to work on yourself. Um, so that that's that's very helpful. Um, and then the third thing is is that you know you. You kind of need a reminder, like, everybody's got skin in the game. Everybody needs to be productive. So um, if it's okay, can you let me know how you want me to alert you if I'm needing to, like, put my head down and get back to my report? Um, And what this does is it gives the person who's chatting a sense of control. So you can say, how do you want me to let you know? Do you want me to IM you? Do you want me to leave a note on your desk? Um, do you want me to, you know, just talk to you quietly? Can we work out some kind of a high sign? But what that does is it gives that person a sense of control, um, over a situation rather than just feeling like the whole thing is out of control.
0: Gotcha. What, what's your take on just like putting headphones on? I think that's like one of the ways people do it now. I remember when I was a law student and I was studying and I would just put, even if I wasn't listening to anything, I would just put headphones on so people wouldn't bother me.
1: Yeah, it's it's the, I mean, that's, you can do that, but the trouble with that is, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm still fuming. um, (laughs) so, and also you don't want to spend, you know, eight or 10 hours a day in headphones. So it's just, I think, yes, you can in moments, or you can say to her, like, can I let you know that if I have my headphones on, or him. If I have my headphones on, this really means I've got my head down and I can't, I, I've got to stay with what I'm doing in front of me. So maybe that's your signal.
0: Right. And I guess the other, the other issue with headphones is that if you have them on all the time, it could cut you off from yeah. important conversation that you know, could actually make you more productive. Right. You know, someone swings by, Hey, I got this tip, but if you have your headphones on, that's never going to happen.
1: Yes, and then all of a sudden you're
0: the one who's antisocial. So right, yeah, there you are. Yeah. You're, you're the, the weirdo who never <laughs> talks to anybody. All right, um, so let's talk about this, Francis. This is very timely for this time of year. We're in an election year. Uh, politics is being discussed feverishly right now. What do you? How do you have a conversation with someone when your political views differ? And this could happen at the office or just when you're with friends or associates at a you know at a party what's the best way to tactfully have a conversation with about politics when the, your views differ from them?
1: Right. Um, yes, it's going to be an exciting fall. So I think that what can be really helpful is to fall back on active listening. So, for example, if you're talking to somebody and for whatever reason they're unhappy with what, how our current president has handled things, so they might say, You know, Obama has done X and Y and Z incorrectly and blah, 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 this whole thing. And then, so we just want to demonstrate that you've heard what they said. So you say, "Wow, it sounds like you really disagree with X policy. At which point they're really reduced to saying, you're right, I do. So now at least you have them agreeing with you. So you're not, um, (laughs) so it's not quite as contentious. Because the thing, I mean, I think that we all know, sadly, um, is that you aren't really going to change anybody's mind during these conversations any more than your Facebook post is going to change somebody's mind or your, you know, you know telling somebody why they're wrong in the, you know, Starbucks is going to change somebody's mind. Um, So it's just really better if you want to get out of it gracefully, gracefully to do active listening. So, wow, it sounds like you're really committed to so-and-so's idea about immigration. Yes, it's true. Blah, blah, blah. I am. Oh, and then again, tell me more about that. So this and that. Tell me more. Um, Another great phrase in these moments is let me think about that. Or, I love, you've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> um, which is just a, a variation on uh, what Barbara Walters, she did a great book, uh, which I love. Um, and she's she says, uh, well, her exit line when someone is being truly horrible is always, you've obviously given this a lot of thought, and it's been interesting to hear your views. <laughs> it's a good one yes I know you've obviously given this a lot of thought totally Um, (laughs) true so so yes that's what I would I would recommend is just active listening in these moments
0: and and not try to you know pummel them in the head and say hey this is why I'm right and why you're wrong
1: right or you know but you've forgotten about blah 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 I mean again I think it will always depend on the person that you're speaking with Some people do enjoy a healthy debate and some people are in the business of having their minds changed. Um, But I mean, I don't know about you, but I very often think that I'm right about most things. So, (laughs) (laughs) so it can be hard. Um, And sometimes it isn't worth it if it's somebody that you have to see every day and if you get into a confrontation with them and then that has to, you know, be part and parcel of every conversation, it's just, you know, it's easier not to, to go down, you know, to get involved.
0: In any, I mean, besides, I mean, what if things get really heated? I mean, I guess, I guess that would work the Barbara Walters line work. If things get really heated, you can just bow out and say, well, it's, it seems like you have given really a lot of thought to it and leave. So that, is there any other tactics if things get like way, you're just like, oh man, this is just gone way too far. Um, right. we should end I mean, this yeah. and, and not say like, I'm going to stop talking. Cause that just makes you look weird. Right.
1: I think you can say, you know what? Again, you know, you've given me a lot to think about and I noticed, you know, so what I'd love to do is pick this up another time, you know? Yeah. And just, just really, but but end that conversation in that moment, and if they want to, you know, keep going, just say, you know what I'm, and you can be be frank and clear. You know what I'm, you know, I'm worried that this is getting out of hand, and you're, uh, the, our relationship is valuable to me. So it, just in the interest of preserving our relationship, I'm I'm going to ask to step I'm going to step away for a while, um, and again, I'd love to pick this up with you another time.
0: Okay some solid advice there. Well, Francis, this has been great. We, uh, we, I think we covered a lot of great awkward situations that can come up (laughs) and how to handle them gracefully. Um, but where can people learn more about your work and where can they ask more questions, uh, from you?
1: So my website is my name, uh, um, franciscolejones.com and that's Francis with an E and not an I. And, uh, once you go there, there, I have a number of resources. Um, I have, as you mentioned, I have uh, a few books. Um, How to Wow is one, and Wow Your Way Into the Job of Your Dreams is another. I have a lot of videos on the site, both for, you know, if you want to get promoted, and that's, uh, being tr- that's some tricky. I have some etiquette videos. I have some job interview videos, so you can click around and watch those, and I tried to make them funny. Um, I did a lot on green screen, so I did them like I'm Samantha on Bewitch. So I have a situation that's going (laughs) poorly and then I pop in on green screen. Um, and then there is, as, as you've heard, I have an ask a question button. And so please, um, please, please send me your questions because I do love, uh, I love to hear from people and I love to think about the questions that you have. And if I have any good advice, it's, um, it really is my pleasure to, to share that. So um, please send me a question on the ask a question button.
0: Great. And uh, like we'll next, like we just, just did now, we'll uh, get back with you after yeah. you accumulated a giant list of them. And we'll talk about some of the ones that were the most pertinent um, that came up quite a bit. Well, Francis, as always, it's been a, a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Have a good afternoon.
0: My guest today was Francis Cole-Jones. She's a image consultant, author of the book, How to Wow. It's available on amazon.com. And if you'd like to ask uh, Frances a question that we might use later on in the podcast, uh, just go to franciscolejones.com. She has a little uh, question submission form in her sidebar. Ask her a question. She'll answer it, um, even if we don't use it in this episode. So go do that. Again, franciscolejones.com. Be sure to check out the show notes at aom.is slash fcj2 for links to resources. We can delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. Our podcast is edited by Creative Audio Lab here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you have any audio editing needs or music production needs, uh, those guys can help you out. You can find more information about them at creativeaudiolab.com. As always, I appreciate your continued support. And until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. Stay manly.